0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, everyone, and you are listening to a special edition of Locked On Magic. My name is Philip Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and today I'm joined by our good pal Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs. Jeff, how are you doing today?
0: I am doing great. Uh, the Spurs offseason is uh, trudging along. Uh, and uh, it looks like the team um, is shaping up to be a, another great team heading into next season, despite the fact they lost Jonathan Simmons, who's wearing uh, blue and white next season.
1: Well, it'll just be blue probably because of the way the jerseys are, are going are gonna to be done next year. That's but, right. Um, yeah. what, what what jersey are the Spurs going to wear, black or white?
0: We don't know yet. And I know a lot of Spurs fans are screaming for the old ABA look with the word Ooh. San Antonio stretched across the uh, road jersey. I mean, I think that'll just look sick.
1: I saw I saw those uh, Brian Begley jerseys for for the Spurs come out today, and all, all his designs have been uh, fantastic. I love the Magic design. for He, he changed the font, and it looked good. Uh-huh. Uh It really made the Stars jerseys what they should have been from the beginning. Uh, but uh, I love the Spurs jerseys. They're understated, but still really solid. I don't know if you saw them today or not.
0: I did. And I like the hint of the old 90s multicolor bright colors that they had on there. I like the splash of that. Not too dominating. But I also like um, that they're going to be going away with uh, road and home jerseys. I like that. I don't know something about that. I like it into next season as the teams get to pick their look. And let's face it, Phil, it's just another way for the NBA to make more money off the fans.
1: Probably and and but yeah. you know Jersey Jersey fans love to talk about jerseys. Uh, like people were uh, while we were waiting for Jonathan Simmons, I was poking around trying to see if they had the the Nike jerseys that, that they were holding up. They were not. They were holding up the Adidas jerseys. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm I'm excited for this new Nike deal. The new jerseys look look really really yeah I mean, Nike just yeah they do Nike does such a good job with with their unis.
0: And um, I heard they're, they're going to be lighter. Next year, uh, yeah, as if the, they needed to get any lighter. Yeah. The
1: design, the design just looks really innovative. The just, um, you know, it sounds like they, they talked to all the players on on Team USA for their feedback on what they're looking for with the jersey. The sleeves are are are, are, are not the sleeves, but the the armholes, whatever you want to call them, are di- are mm-hmm. shaped differently to to like add more back support. I think or or something like that. It seems seems really interesting. I'm I'm intrigued to see what the players think. I'm sure they'll. Maybe get some early copies of the jerseys to wear uh, during pickup games or, or something before training camp starts. I'm sure they'll they'll get to try them on a little bit before the preseason starts as well, since the preseason's shorter this year. But we're not here to talk about jerseys, as, as fun as fashion is, and as much as we're waiting and excited for the Nike deal, we're here to talk about Jonathan Simmons uh, and and what he left with San Antonio and what he brings to the Orlando Magic. Of course, everyone. At least associated with our teams, probably knows Simmons' story. He mm-hmm. was undrafted out of Houston. had had to pay hundred fifty dollars for a tryout with the D League. Made the D League roster. Made the Spurs roster. Cracked the rotation last year, uh, and was what I mean, had a big impact on the team last last season. Um, what what were your general impressions of Simmons, the player? Uh, as he grew up into the into the rotation player, he became last year for San Antonio.
0: Untapped potential—that's the one that I kept on thinking about Simmons the, all throughout his uh, career in San Antonio. I kept on thinking if he just had more minutes on the court, this guy could blossom into something special. And he definitely showed it, especially last year during the regular season. Uh, at least in the beginning, he kind of fizzled out towards the end. Uh, I think that was all pop. But when the uh, Spurs needed him to step up his game in the postseason, especially during the Western Conference Finals after Kawhi Leonard went out, uh, he shined the brightest. Overall, you, I liked what he brought to the court on both ends of uh, the floor. We know what he can do at the rim. Trust me. I know Phil. You and your uh, Magic yeah. fans probably Googled exactly are, what he can do to excited the rim. For the, for the yes.
1: Practice dunk contest between Simmons, Aaron Gordon, Terrence, and Terrence Ross. I mean, I think I think the Magic have the have the best dunk team of just about anyone in the league.
0: Yeah, but he's more than just simply that. Uh, he is a great defender. He's very underrated too. He's not one of the best, but he's pretty solid. Uh, he's a big guy for his uh, position. Um, I've had the opportunity to meet him. Uh, perhaps I think I might have had the last interview when he was still technically a spur uh, in uh, the Bronx, New York. And the guy is pretty big, and he's very um, – I guess the TV doesn't do him justice. He's really solid. He's a really thick guy, but he's athletic as can be. He's swift. He's mobile. He's, uh, he plays the lanes well. He can definitely block some shots, ask uh, the Houston Rockets' James Harden, and uh, run the floor. Uh, He's going to do everything on both ends of the court for Orlando and then some. Now that he's more than likely going to be getting considerable minutes next season in Orlando, I expect him to um, shine, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little MIP uh, voting towards his way next season.
1: Yeah, that would be interesting. Just running quickly through his stats for those that don't know them by heart already. Uh, Simmons averaged 6.2 points per game, shot 45.6% effective field goal percentage, 29.4% from beyond the arc, 2.1 rebounds per game, played about 18 minutes per game in 78 appearances for the San Antonio Spurs. Those stats obviously don't uh, don't pop off the page very much, but you know you talked about his defense, what he did on the defensive end, how he kind of was able to soar to the basket and be mm-hmm. just athletic an athletic freak even at, at 27 years old. Uh, what were the biggest, I guess, impressions that he gave that go beyond just the highlights that, that everyone saw, whether it be from the playoffs, whether it be from that Golden State game way back in October when he kind of mm-hmm. announced himself? What, what, stand, what stands out to you uh, having watched Simmons day in and day out?
0: What stands out to me that he's eager, and I think he is just ready to take the next step in his basketball evolution. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about what happened in San Antonio and why he's now wearing magic colors, but you can just see in his eyes that he's ready to do more, and he's ready to be a uh, bigger cog in a a machine, Uh, and now it looks like Orlando is going to benefit from that. Now, yeah, the numbers that you just rattled off may not jump off the page, uh, but again, He's playing under the system with Coach Popovich. And uh, Popovich uh, tends to uh, rein in players uh, pretty uh, quick and fast, especially if they're younger. And by younger, I mean just simply years in the NBA. Uh, people don't realize that John Sim is actually uh, pushing 30 already. He's 28 right now, I believe. So he's not really a young buck in the sense. But uh, nonetheless, I look at a player that I saw uh, for 82 games and including the playoffs. It just he is just frothing at the mouth. I think he's ready to explode on the scene more so than he did even in the West Finals. I mean, talk about a big stage already, going against the Golden State Warriors and doing what he did against the Golden State Warriors. He's ready to do more. And you add the fact that he's going to be playing on the East, no offense, you know, a weaker competition, no, no. Hey, I think. we don't take any offense. Yeah. It's
1: just a 29-win team, and we're, we're talking about, hey, if things break right, maybe we can make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I, I can definitely see him uh, perhaps... Uh, you know, just uh, be exactly what Orlando needs out of him. And again, I just want to reiterate, just because of the fact that the numbers don't jump out at you, he wasn't a double-digit digit scoring on average. He he wasn't ranked up there amongst the the more normal uh, you know, stats across the board, like assist or blocks or anything. But he does a little bit of everything. And I think that's what you're going to enjoy next season uh, in Orlando when you see him on the court durable. I don't think I've ever seen him go out with some sort of major catastrophic injury. Uh, nothing major. Um, he's a tough as nails. He's, he's, he's like a junkyard dog. You know, he'll get in the fight. He will uh, put his nose out there and uh, do what needs to be done to get the job done. Especially yeah. getting W's.
1: Yeah, and the fight was something that, that Jeff Weltman, the Magic's president of basketball operations, really keyed in on about Simmons. He said, you know, he's, he's a fighter. Um, you know how much does does his story I mean we, we I, 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 I kind of ran, ran quickly through his story but how much does his story you know, and the way that he got to the NBA how much how much do you think that affected how affects how he plays and what he had to do to kind of make his spot make his niche in the NBA
0: I think because he had to fight his way up to this level. He started off uh, not just simply in the uh, G League. It was beyond that. He was playing in other minor league yeah. systems. And he was always fighting for scraps, doing what it needs to be uh, done in order to reach a goal. And I think that fuels him. I think he knows and he feels, and especially his play last season, uh, and again, in the West Finals in particularly, and even in against the Houston Rockets in the semis, That he is more than just simply a role player, and he has to fight for everything. As we, you mentioned, you know, 150 bucks just to try out uh, for a G League team, Austin uh, Spurs, and you have the fact that he has a family that he has to uh, um, be mindful of. He has children, so yeah, he's going to want to provide more for not only himself but for his family. And yes, you know, we're talking millions of dollars here. Uh, you know, and I would, and I would never see a million dollars in my life, but
1: not, not in one paycheck. Yeah,
0: not in one paycheck. But so I, I think it's just well wh- how he came up through the ranks in the NBA, his personal background, fighting for everything he has gotten in life. He has a family to uh, be mindful of, and if anything else, it's simply that desire to do more. And I think the Magic are gonna benefit from that type of mindset uh, next season.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, you noted the family thing. That was something he brought up a few times in his introductory uh, gathering with the media uh, Tuesday. Uh, you know, he, he said it a few times. You know, I've got a family I, I got to worry about. I'm, you know, I'm moving them from Texas. I'm leaving Texas for the first time. And it, I mean, it, it, it does sound kind of silly because the, the reports say that he's going to get paid $6 million or $6.3 million this, this first year of the deal. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 sounds kind of silly to say that a guy who's getting paid $6.3 million per year needs to worry about feeding his family, but that, there's that very real mindset. I mean, you go back two years ago, playing in the D league, those guys are making at, at most, I think $25,000 mm-hmm. season in, in yep. D league. I mean, that's, that's real person money and that's not good real person money either. Right. Uh so, you know, he's definitely got that mindset. Uh you noted a little bit earlier that that Greg Popovich sometimes stifles players and and, and Simmons seemed Mm -hmm. like he was ready to break out. And there's definitely a sense that that Jonathan Simmons wanted a larger role and and wanted to kind of break 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 out a little bit. Um, There's been some reports and some rumors that that he and, and Popovich may not have gotten along or that that, that was a clash that ultimately led him to leave. What's your perception on, on all of that? Was, was there an issue between uh, Simmons and Popovich? Um, and, and for the record here, Simmons told, I believe it was Scott Inez on ESPN Orlando here uh, here in Orlando, uh, that there was no issue between him and Pop. They, they had honest conversations about what he wanted his role to be, and, and ultimately uh, they... They kind of just kept in touch, and then agreed to kind of part ways very, very amicably um, at, at the end of the day. But, but did you sense any any strife between between there or a, any strife with 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 how he was playing his role?
0: No, I, I didn't sense any strife. Uh, nor was I privy to any type of conversations uh, regarding uh, any type of clashing between uh, Pop and uh, Juice Simmons. But I can tell you this though: if there was. Wouldn't it be total surprise though. I mean, you've seen other uh, present and past Spurs uh, go on the record talking about clashing with Popovich, who likes to rein them in. Case in point, Mono Ginobili. Uh, you know, there was a, um, a, I think it was a uh, NBA TV series about the Big Three yeah. and Pop, and Mono Ginobili, Parker, and even Pop uh, chimed in about how much those two guys clashed. And even Tony Parker was on record saying. I thought that he thought that Mono was going to get traded. I mean, it was that to that point. And you look, you look at even a guy like Steven Jackson. Yes. Steven Jackson's very volatile. You know, he's very um, boisterous and he's going to let you know exactly what he feels. But you, but again, pop likes to rein it in he likes to keep it classy. And then classy being don't showboat, don't dunk on players and uh, bark at them. And, Let's face it, Simmons likes to get to the rim. You know, he likes to murder the rim and he likes to put on a show. That doesn't do well in Popovich's system. Uh, if there was a clash, maybe it was because of that. But again, and I think you pointed this out right before we started recording, this is un—this unco- is not uncommon for the Spurs to let players go after des- after them getting the designation of a restrictive free agent. I mean, look at uh, Boban Morjanovic, as you mentioned. The Spurs do this in order for other player for their players to go out and get a uh, a bigger paycheck, a bigger payday, a larger role. And I think at the end of the day, that's what the Spurs did. They did them a favor. As a matter of fact, uh, our station News Four San Antonio, uh, one of our reporters, Casey Kearnan, reported that in fact the Spurs made zero offer to Jonathan Simmons. So it just goes to show you exactly what the Spurs will do for a player if just simply there's no longer a role for them or if they want to go beyond uh, the Spurs system and I think at the end of the day it became down to a cultural issue. There's a video of uh Buford touching on the LaMarcus Alter situation and in that in that example he references how you know th- there's a culture thing and I think at the end of the day It didn't come down to money or playing time. I think it just came down to a culture. The Spurs are, as a culture, like to keep it basic, like to keep it simple. Uh, You look at even a player like Robert Horry who recently spoke up about his playing time uh, with San Antonio. He said that Popovich and the Spurs like to keep it very simple, A, B, C, D, E. He says you have to be a robot if you want to succeed in the Spurs system. I could see Simmons doing ABCF, ABCZ, uh, and that's not going to fly well in San Antonio. If anything, that may have been uh, a clash between the two. But no, I, there was never any type of jawing back and forth in practices that I know of. There was never uh, any type of uh, back and forth between the two on the benches during games uh, uh, between Simmons and Popovich. So I think at the end of the day, it just came down to Simmons wanted a larger role. The Spurs have themselves other swingmen. Mana Ginobili's back. Danny Green is still there. Uh, who knows what's going to happen to other players that could play that position, like a Kyle Anderson. And it simply just came down to roster spots.
1: Yeah, uh, and and it's interesting you you note that because Simmons said to to the media that he was looking forward to to kind of leaving the Spurs system and and some of that structure because he feels he's. Better suited for an up and down game, which is the mm-hmm. style of the Magic played toward the end of last season, and want I think want to play again this season with Alfred Payton leading the attack, and and they got Aaron Gordon obviously running the lane as well as uh, Evan Fournier there, possibly Terrence Ross too. Uh, they've got guys who can get out and transition and run a little bit, and I think that's something that the Magic are looking to do, and something that may fit Simmons' game just a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, first off, do you you think that that style fits Simmons' game better? I mean, obviously, you probably saw hints of it more than anything in the way the Spurs play.
0: Oh, uh, no doubt. I think the up-and-down, free-flow, Warriors-like system lends to Simmons' strengths. You're going to see him uh, do a lot of what you saw briefly in San Antonio and then some. He uh, likes to run up and down the court. The Spurs didn't do that. They still were trying, at least with the Pau and LaMarcus, to do a half-court system to try to buck the trend right now. And obviously, it, it almost worked. Let me just calm down and up thinking about Zsa, Zsa Pachulia sure. right now. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, I think— Magic Legends the, Pachulia. Yeah. If— uh, Yeah, I mean, more than likely. I mean, you know this. I mean, yeah, that's gonna happen. Magic are gonna have a up and down kind of a style of play next season. Uh, You throw in Ju Simmons in that mix, along like you mentioned with Peyton and the young Bucks, like that are on the the Magic roster. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Simmons just flourish under that type of structure. And at the fact too, did you have some Spurs links in Orlando like Chad Fostier? Yeah, he's gonna. He knows Simmons. He was with him uh, during his time in San Antonio and now Simmons's time in San Antonio. So I'm pretty sure there's a nice little scouting report uh, that he has for the magic head coach about what exactly are the strength of Simmons and how to improve them and boost them under the magic uh, way.
1: Yeah. And also don't forget Becky Bonner is now there in Orlando mm-hmm. too as well. And, and I think she was actually there and, and seemed pretty chummy already. You know, seemed, it certainly seemed to be reacquainted with, with Simmons yesterday. Um, Or two days ago now, I guess, since, since I'm publishing this on Thursday. Hey, everyone. I wanted to take a quick break from the podcast to talk about our good friends over at SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy. With SeatGeek, SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I actually just used SeatGeek last week when I was in Vegas for Summer League. I needed tickets to go see Dennis Smith and Lonzo Ball and and all the rookies that aren't Jonathan Isaac at Summer League. Where did I turn to get my tickets? I turned to SeatGeek, just like I turned to SeatGeek to sell tickets whenever I need to get tickets off my hands, like I do this weekend for Friday's Orlando City game. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. That's why I turned to it. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. That's $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONBA. This is a new code. So L-O-N-B-A today. That's promo code LONBA for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Um, did you expect the Spurs to keep Jonathan Simmons? Obviously, they had I'd, his restricted yeah. free agency rights at the beginning of of free agency, uh, but did, did you expect him to be a San Antonio Spur uh, at, at the end of all this?
0: I, I did. I did. I, I really thought that it was just a no-brainer. I mean, here is a guy that upped his game when the Spurs needed him the most in the postseason after Kawhi Leonard went out. And, I mean, you look at what he did in the postseason. You know, I don't have specifics here, but he led the— uh, the Spurs' uh, attack against the Warriors. He dropped 20-plus points on Golden State. He led uh, the team twice in scoring during their playoff run last year. He led them twice in steals. He led them one time in blocks. He he scored 10-plus points on 10 occasions during the postseason. He had a 120-plus point burst. Again, that was against the Golden State Warriors nonetheless. So I everything was, sh- I mean, but still, yeah, yeah, that was national yeah. TV game.
1: No one knew who he was. And all of a sudden he yeah. was, he was your, your first two K moment card of the year.
0: Yeah. And you throw in the, uh, the fact that the NBA is lending to that type of play. Uh, you know, there are no hand checking, you, you know, the, the, you know, everybody's going for gunning for three point shots. Uh, the, the defenses are a little lax, not that they used to be. And, so I'm looking at Simmons thinking this is a no-brainer. You resign the guy. He did wonders for the team. He kept them in a fight at least against Golden State and of course, you know, uh, and against Houston uh, when he did get some playing time, especially after Tony Parker went out. So to me, it was just, okay, we're just waiting. But it, obviously, as time went on, there were already some signs on the wall that were pointing to, okay, what's going on here? First sign was the Spurs take care of their own pretty fast. Look at uh, Patty Mills. Look at Amano Ginobili last year. Uh, Tim Duncan. The list goes on and on. That wasn't happening. Okay. Then you start hearing reports that the Knicks are, are looking at him, that the Timberwolves are looking at him. Okay. Something else is going on. I meet Simmons uh, in the in Bronx New York uh, was he playing a pickup game one of those uh, summer leagues um, and he cringes when I asked him about uh, his free agency and the Spurs. He just kind of looked away his body language just told a different story bit his lip uh, just looked away from my eyes when I was talking to him. So I'm looking at this thinking okay something's up something's not something's not right and I don't know if I should uh, go on a hunch and report this because I don't have anything concrete. But at the end of the day, it looks like that I was wrong, and a lot of Spurs fans were wrong too. And as a matter of fact, Phil, a lot of Spurs fans are still divided on Simmons. There's a camp, well, he went off to a better place. Good luck to him. You know, Take care of him, Orlando. And then there's camp, good riddance, not loyal. So, you know, I don't blame Simmons for leaving. Uh, if he wants to expand role, he got it and more power to him. He was not going to get that in San Antonio. He got himself some security with Orlando. Uh, and he's pretty much going to be featured in the Orlando attack next season. So, yeah, why would you want to go to a team that's going to put you in that position to get better?
1: Yeah, and at the very least, Simmons figures to be the sixth man for the Magic. Uh, you know, I think a, a lot of Magic fans were really excited for him. Uh, you know, as as I was doing my free agency prep, I had a lot of my staff writers saying, oh, the Magic should go after Jonathan Simmons. And I, and the Magic had roughly $11, $12 million of cap room, somewhere between mm-hmm. like 12 and $15 million of cap room this summer. And when Simmons' name came up, I was like, that's going to cost them their entire cap room. I don't think that's right. going to be someone that's within their wheelhouse. Like, I I thought Simmons was going to get paid. I mean, you talk about his playoff performance He upped his averages to 10.5 points per game, Mm 50.4 effective field goal percentage, 35.1% three-point percentage on more three-point attempts per game than in the regular season, 20.4 minutes per game. In that Golden State series, like you said, um, after uh, the Kawhi Leonard injury, especially so it's a a four-game series, Mm -hmm. uh, Simmons averaged 15.3 points per game, 2.8 rebounds per game. 38.5% Thirty-eight and a half percent three-point shooting, forty-one point four percent overall, twenty-seven and a half minutes. He had a very good series uh, right. in that in that postseason, uh, and and so I, I thought for sure he was going to end up getting a big offer sheet because everyone knew they needed to give him something big to to get him out of San Antonio, uh, make sure San Antonio didn't match, and so I was surprised, like everyone else was. When the Spurs, when a the offers weren't coming in, and b when the Spurs rescinded the qualifying offer and made him an unrestricted free agent, uh, it was just shocking. And by then, a lot of the money in the market was gone. and And I think mm-hmm. that the Magic, you know, were, uh, you know, we're very, very fortunate that that they were able to to grab him uh, for the price that they did. It's it, I think it's six point three this year, six next year, and then five point seven the third year, which is unguaranteed, uh, mm-hmm. is, is what's being reported. Uh, on on the contract, so I, I think that's a very team friendly and very good deal for the Magic. Um, before we get into some of the those fan reactions that you talked about, uh, you know, as a Spurs fan, you watched him every day. Is 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 there a reason to believe that that he is a product of the Spurs system and that he may struggle outside of it?
0: No, I don't. I don't think so. I think he's gonna. Uh, I I, I want to go ahead and just go and say that he's actually to be better. I think the Spurs system, yes, the Spurs system didn't lend to his talents. They allowed him to be uh, an important piece of the puzzle. They It allowed him to contribute, uh, but not to the extent that he wants to be. And I think he wants to be featured more. He's going to get that in Orlando. I think uh, what the Orlando is trying to establish um, right now is exactly what Simmons need. Uh, I'm not sitting here saying he's the second coming of Dwayne Wade. He's not, or <laughs> or, or or he's the uh, next. That would the be next, something, though. Yeah, that would be something. Or like he's the next Kobe. No, no, I, I don't want you to sit there and think this, or or your listeners or Magic fans thinking he can, I'm saying he can that. be a
1: solid role player. I mean, you got he's
0: just going to be a, be a yeah. really, really, really great role player and an important piece for Orlando moving forward. I mean, you, you guys got a very young team. Yeah. Why not bring in somebody with uh, that Spurs pedigree with them that can bring in that type of professionalism, uh, that type of expectations that is more than just regular season wins, that it's regular season wins because it leads to something down the road. And it just brings in a kind of a hard-nosed guy that is going to be on players. And I think he'll love to be in that position uh, not only to be a mentor, but also to um, help a team and and be featured a little bit more. But I also want to bring up this too: is that he's going to get a little dose of reality. What is coming like from a, a championship contender team year in and year out to some to a team that's pretty much rebuilding?
1: Yeah, it's that. That to me is going to be the most interesting part. We saw that a little mm-hmm. bit with Serge Ibaka last year, where you know Ibaka really, I mean, he looked engaged for for chunks of the season, or especially early on. And then as the Magic were losing a lot of games, he started to look a lot more frustrated. His body language wasn't great, mm-hmm. and then he goes to Toronto and looks re-engaged and reinvigorated uh, by the playoff chase. So that's that's certainly uh, something to watch out for, too. It's, it's easy to be motivated when your team is winning. It's a lot harder to, to go through the grind when the team is struggling, which is definitely a possibility with the Magic. Um, you know, We've talked a lot about Jonathan Simmons on my end. I'm sure your listeners... Want to know what you think about about the Spurs and, and how they replace Jonathan Simmons? Uh, they they sign Rudy Gay, they bring back Manu Ginobili. Uh, how do you think the Spurs are situated uh, now without Simmons? Uh, you know, he isn't uh, maybe the biggest player you need you need to replace, obviously. Uh, but how do you think the Spurs did kind of filling those minutes that that Simmons is going to leave open now?
0: Well, I, I'm glad you brought up Rudy Gay because um, you know eventually in my talk with you was going to lead to. That. And, I, and look, you replace a guy uh, like Simmons, and there's no knock on Simmons. I think he's going to be – he's an excellent, solid bench role player. He's going to get better than Orlando. But you replace somebody who averaged for the regular season 6.2 points per game, 2.1 rebounds, 1.6 assists in about 17.9 minutes. To a guy like Rudy Gay, yes, I get it. The Achilles heel, it's still uh, you know, – we're still waiting to see how he responds for an, playing under NBA situations. And atmosphere on the court but a guy who's a perennial double-digit scorer uh, who plays better defense than Simmons uh, and a guy who can be relied upon more uh, to be a second option on the offensive end for Kawhi Leonard versus Simmons uh, and I just gave you his numbers yeah I think the Spurs are gonna go the Rudy Gay route so yeah that's gonna deduct minutes from Simmons they bring back Manu there's more minutes gone from uh, Simmons. So, yeah, it's just a situation, again, where it came down to roster, culture, style of play, and it just wasn't going to fit in Simmons. But as far as the fan react on my end, I, I kind of hinted towards it a yeah, little it was while it was ago. Interesting I mean, yeah, interesting because
1: you tacked me on that when, when we announced you were going to be on the show today. Uh, and and it was interesting to see the reactions coming in I mean most i I know the reaction on my end from magic fans are that all oh, you know my my reaction is I, I can't believe the magic got him but a lot of the magic reaction has been kind of somewhat out of control saying oh he's gonna be a starter this this kid's gonna you know make a real big difference for the team and it's like yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's gonna make a big difference but let's slow down let's not let's not anoint him a starter right. quite yet but um he's still got to prove himself in a lot of ways but A lot of Magic fans are very, very excited about the signing. They like the potential uh, in Simmons and what he can bring to this team. The Spurs' reaction looked very different.
0: Yeah, it was very divided, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, You have um, some Spurs fans, such as at Dude242, says, where is the loyalty? And I think it had nothing to do with loyalty. I think it just came down to numbers, roster, culture, style. Nothing about loyalty at all. Then you have the I other know, extreme and the whole
1: loyalty thing in, in, in free agency is just it's right it can be a little annoying to, to be frank yeah. I mean I, I know fans want players to be loyal to their franchise because players go but the franchise stays but when you're in free agency you got to get yours you got to mm-hmm. look out you got to look out for yourself in free agency you can't you know guys have different priorities they're in different spots in their career. Jonathan Simmons is a guy who had to pay to get into the NBA. He Mm -hmm. literally had to pay to get an NBA shot, to get a D-League shot. So if he is expecting to get a payday and he can't get it from the Spurs, he should go look for that payday. That is important to him. Mm -hmm. He's got a family that he wants to take care of, and that family should be set for life now. He should never have to worry about money again, with even the the bargain contract that he got. So, uh, you know, I you know, I, the thing i've learned following following and covering the nba for for a while now is you got to respect an individual's decision to go get paid and get their money when they can get it because their their window to get money is very short and they're doing exactly what everyone else would do in their situation taking taking the best paycheck in the best situation for them
0: yeah, and again, I want to remind the listeners again, this is the Jonathan Simmons that's not just entering his 20s or just beginning his 20s, he's exiting his 20s. This is, this He'll is, be
1: this was, I mean, yeah. sorry for cutting you off here. This is probably his one big right. contract, and he did not get a big contract.
0: Right, exactly. So he took what he can get, it was a great payday for him, uh, and he's going to be loyal to one person only, and more persons, and that's himself and his family, so... Again, don't blame Simmons for leaving uh, San Antonio and looking at at the at being a great player or a good player. Yeah, not holding yeah. him
1: hostage, to be frank. Yeah,
0: exactly. San okay, could have ke-
1: kept the qualifying offer out there and held him hostage yep. and brought him back on a really cheap qualifying offer, and yeah. you know not and used him however they wanted to use him, and he would and who knows if he would have gotten this kind of money again next year when you know teams are now starting to figure out what 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 a reasonable salary is in this new collective like bargaining agreement climate.
0: Yeah, and again, his agent also was on the record to say that the Spurs did his client a huge favor yeah. by removing that qualify that the restrictive free agency uh, tag on him. So, uh, yeah, so you have the one extreme that I just said right now about loyalty, Spurs fans. He had the other extreme from at Spernandez210. He says, congrats, Orlando. Y'all are getting a hard-nosed junkyard dog on defense and a high-flying dunker. Wish them the best. No hard feelings. So as you can see, Phil, Spurs fans are just split. And I and I can speak to Spurs fans, and I can speak for them because I deal with them a lot every year. <laughs> Spurs fans, are, are they can be very divided. Uh, you they, have they, a player wearing silver, silver and black. Then they're silver and black for life, and if they leave uh, elsewhere, I mean, look at look at. I'll give you a great example. Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson won a title for the Spurs in '99 with a with a clutch shot in the Madison Square Garden he was over the key Knicks. To
1: that championship.
0: Okay, uh, he was key to their playoff run, to their first title. Okay, he then uh, leaves uh, San Antonio and eventually becomes the Dallas Mavericks coach. Spurs fans don't like him. Don't like them. No, nope, you're you're well, you're an I enemy mean, now. In fairness, yeah. Avery
1: Johnson was the coach when they when they won that game. What when they won that Western Conference final series against against San Antonio?
0: Right, but again, the you know Spurs again. But and then you got the other side. The Spurs fans don't hold any grudges. So and you got to remember this too: the San Antonio Spurs are the only horse in town. So. No, that's fair. Uh, Spurs fans bleed that silver and black. They live it. They soak it. They want to experience it. They want to get to know the players, the coaches, the system, every single piece of them. So, if a player like Simmons, who became a huge fan favorite, leaves, yeah, they're going to think, oh, he left for the money. He didn't sacrifice uh, the contract that he got offered from Orlando for the one point six qualifying offer that the Spurs got. Oh, you're 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 disloyal. It has nothing to do with that, Spurs fans or Magic fans, listeners. Simply do just Simmons taking care of himself, yeah. Just like you, just like you and I would do, Phil.
1: Just like any, uh, yeah. Sometimes you got to yeah. think the NBA doesn't feel like a regular job, but sometimes it is. Uh, and and yeah, I, I think people sometimes well, I mean, well, there's, well, there's a lot of emotion si- attached to it. I don't mean to belittle anyone's yeah. emotional attachment to, to to their teams or, or the game, yeah. uh, but these are real. These are real people too. Um,
0: yeah, and and don't forget too. Uh, Simmons uh, said during the presser that it was just business at the end of the day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: and 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 that you know it's an unfortunate, it's both an unfortunate and a fortunate part of the bit of of the NBA is that it is indeed a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think that about covers the gamut with with Jonathan Simmons. We'll have to check back in with you once the season get once we get a little bit closer to the season. Uh, and and you know, kind of see where, where we're at. I'm sure we'll talk again, um, uh, talk again when the, when the Magic play the Spurs, whenever whenever that is. As as we always right. have good conversations before. Then, uh, Jeff, um, tell everyone where my listeners can find you and uh, what what you've got going on uh, on at at, at Locked On Spurs as well as uh, where, where you write.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, first of all, uh, your Magic fans and other Spurs fans can find me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. I, I'm the lead writer for NewsForSanAntonio.com and Fox29SanAntonio.com. And as uh, Phil mentioned, the host of On Spurs. Uh, it, well, by the time you're listening to this, go back a couple of days and uh, I broke down why exactly having Mano Ginobili returned to the Spurs. Is a good thing and not a bad thing? Ready for this film? As many Spurs fans think that it is, and here's <laughs> a guy that has poured his heart and soul for San Antonio, and yet there's Spurs fans that don't want him see don't want to see him in a Spurs uniform anymore. So it's a very interesting topic. I just recently talked about on Lockdown Spurs. Again, go to Lockdown Spurs and uh, tune in, download, give me some five stars on iTunes. I greatly appreciate it, and a follow at Jeff G Spurs Zone.
1: Yeah, and Jeff does a fantastic job covering the Spurs on Locked On Spurs. It is one of my go-to Locked On podcasts when I'm looking for something to listen to. Uh, You can, of course, for the Spurs fans and and, and any Magic fans who are catching this for the first time, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd as well as at Locked On Magic for podcast-specific related stuff. Uh, and then, of course, Orlando Magic Daily, you, uh, you can follow at Daily, And, of course, Locked On Magic and Locked On Spurs are both available for subscription on iTunes and Audio Boom. so be sure to check them out and subscribe there. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Magic, and I assume Locked On Spurs. I don't know if you have anything else planned, Jeff. Um, but for Jeff Garcia and Locked On Spurs, for myself, Philip rossman Reich, and Locked On Magic, Thank you all for listening to today's episode, and we will see you next time here on Locked On. Insert whichever podcast you are trying to listen to here, Magic Whispers. See ya everyone. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.